Now, in February, you will be leading a culture safety training for yoga professionals. Culture safety has been enshrined as a guiding principle and objective into the national law governing health practitioners. What does that actually mean? What uh, great question, and it's really exciting. What it what it means is that APRA has announced that cultural safety is now important for every Australian health and wellness practitioner, and it means that people who are in those spaces are become accountable for delivering culturally safe care to First Nations people. You are leading the cultural safety training in February. Who is it for? Okay, so it's open to all wellness practitioners, yoga teachers, and really anybody who wants to learn safer ways that they can engage with First Nations culture, as well as learning some of the beautiful First Nations wellness practices that have already been gifted to the world. You will be covering some very serious issues, such as decolonizing our minds and spaces and racism in systems. Can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, what's going to be covered in this training that, that you're teaching in Melbourne? Yeah, absolutely. So we look at what it really means to practice on this ancient land and the fact that we are all living on um, stolen land and what that means. Then we go deeper into acknowledging country and why that's such an important thing that we can do in in spaces to make it culturally safe for first nations people and especially um acknowledging from the heart why everyone can can connect personally um, and reflecting on why they're grateful for being here then we talk about yarning what that means how how knowledge has been shared for thousands of years and creating that yarning circle that you know everyone has a place at the circle looking at community as a practice in a lot of our modern day spaces um, community the word is is a lovely concept at best but what does it actually mean to be part of a thriving community so we explore community we also explore our own ancestry and our cultural connections because you know many of us here in australia have really been disconnected from ancestry from all over the globe. So by encouraging people to connect with their own wellness that's coming through their, their intergenerational well-being from their own lineages, it just opens up an opportunity for um, safety for others to connect with theirs. We look at our implicit bias, um, as I said, unpacking that. We also touch on many of those beautiful wellness practices that have already been offered to the world by First Nations people, Dadiri, Wayapa, Kanini, Wiali, and and touch in on um, really just an opportunity for people to go and explore those things a little deeper. Um, we also talk about the importance of cultural appreciation rather than appropriation, because I think that's a really important territory that many people aren't quite sure where that, that line is. And in thinking that they're doing the right things they're bringing thing they're bringing cultural practices in tokenistically so we we really unpack what that means so people can can navigate that space really clearly and know that what they're trying to bring in is cultural appreciation um, and safety and again just finding ways that 
that can create reciprocity within the Indigenous community and in, in where they live or where they work. And that is engaging with the local community and creating that reciprocity and, and just contact even. Some people haven't even met First Nations people in their own community. So just really giving people easy steps that they can try for themselves to just engage and immerse themselves in the community. And as we said before, this training uh, is held in Melbourne, but uh, you also mentioned it's going to be online. Yeah, I've got a three-hour training online, which I do quite regularly with another First Nations woman, Eve White. And we're offering online training on the 24th of January, which is three hours. And so for anybody who's not in Melbourne, that's a really great starting point. And we'll also be talking about an idea that we've had going for the last couple of years around reframing January 26. You know, it's it's such a triggering date for many, 26th of January, but we've started to encourage people to take their shoes off and call it Belonging Day. So they go barefoot on January 26 and remember that every single one of us belong to the earth. We're all Indigenous to the earth. Mm-hmm. This is not the first training you're leading. What are the responses to these trainings? It's so wonderful. It's been embraced. In fact, in the second half of 2022, I've traveled to every state in the country, actually, um, delivering these trainings. And it's just a wonderful opportunity for people to get together and and to do this one-day training to be able to come in and learn a little bit more about culture and not only about cultural practices, but how they can make those their own spaces or their own practices that little bit safer for First Nations people. Now, that could be around language, that could be around acknowledging, that could be having signage up. Many people have, after their training, decided to put signs up in their practice, um, acknowledging the land that they're on. So it just makes it a safer place for any First Nations person to walk into. Mm -hmm. Is there a way for a First Nations practitioner or yoga practitioner to know and recognize such a space if if somebody would be deciding where to start, where to go? Would would there be a way how to know? Well, look, it is tricky, isn't it? Because, um, you know, if we're looking at places online, look, um, you know, you want to see diversity. And I think the the big thing is it can be a little difficult online when we're seeing websites, but I always look for websites for anywhere I want to go that has diversity of people engaged in the space. Also, those acknowledgement signs make a huge difference to me. To see the flag up, the Aboriginal flag is such an important thing that I know that people in that space, you know, are thinking about those kind of things and um Many, many businesses say that they also pay the rent on their website. So I know that they have prioritized those things in their practice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are there maybe some warning signs when deciding where, which studio to pick that you would say this is maybe a red flag? Personally, yes. As I said, if I don't see any diversity there and I think the energy of the space, I know when I walk into spaces, I really feel whether I feel welcomed or not is an important thing for me. But but certainly really all white spaces can be a difficult place um, for any First Nations person to want to walk in. And that's why I decided to create this training 
because, you know, initially I started this work looking at why First Nations people weren't walking into those spaces. And then I realised that, um, you know, there's many wellness practices that aren't mainstream, First Nations wellness practices that are already offered to the world. So this is where within this training I'm able to get mainstream practitioners to have a look and really invite them to continue to explore some First Nations practices. So maybe there can be reciprocity within the communities where they live and help them to engage with those First Nations communities. Mm. And that sounds very interesting. And you are also teaching some of those practices. So can you tell us a little bit more about that as well, please? Yeah. So there's an invitation within the training to have a look at, as I said, some of those wellness practices that have already been gifted. Um, Dadiri is a beautiful practice that's been gifted by Auntie Miriam Rose to the world. And, you know, many mainstream Australian wellness practitioners have never heard of it. So it's just a really beautiful way in which um, that's something that they could begin to incorporate through their own experience of that practice um, and then start to understand the messages that come with that. Way Upper Work is another one, the first internationally accredited Aboriginal wellness modality. Some people aren't even aware that there's something like that that exists. So they get to have, especially in the yoga spaces, they get to um, experience that practice for themselves um, and realise that, you know, it really is such an integral part of connecting to the land in which we live because that practice incorporates the earth as well as mind, body, spirit. Mm -hmm. That sounds really exciting and uh, maybe like a, in the ideal case scenario, what are you hoping to achieve or what would you hope to achieve with all these trainings you are leading? What I hope to achieve is that every wellness practitioner really reflects on what it means to be well. I think we need to decolonize what wellness looks like and we go through unpacking some of our implicit biases um, during the training sessions um, because, you know, we, we're in such a visual world now with things like social media and, and we get these images of what wellness looks like to us. So I really take them on a journey of unpacking those biases and looking at maybe other ways of people have experienced well-being for thousands and thousands of years here. By taking the practitioners on that journey they're able to break set down some of those biases and be able to have a, a fresh new perspective of what it means to be well, and especially on this land. What are your plans for this year? It's just starting, so are there any exciting events, exciting trainings coming up? I do. I've got a fair few things locked in already for the first quarter. I've got obviously those two First Nations cultural trainings that I was talking about also got Way Upper Work practitioner training coming up and then I've got an online training for Way Upper Work in March and I've also got Rebirthing Breathwork which I also teach. I've got a beautiful retreat down at Mornington and then for those who can't make that in person I've got an online one in March. It seems like really a lot of your trainings are now accessible online, which probably makes it accessible to more people, isn't it? It's like maybe a good side of, of the pandemic we've been through. 
Yeah, absolutely. Look, it, it allowed this work to stretch further and wider than I ever thought initially. Um, and now that things have opened up in person again for travel, it's meant that I can go to, you know, to all the other states, as I've said, to offer these trainings. Mm, that's great. Well, thank you so much, Jim. Thank you so much for having me.